swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And I am A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Use it accordingly. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download Control Issues. Subscribe to Control Issues. Rate it. Review it. Give it five stars. Let us know you're out there. You also want to go on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod. Look at these gameplay videos we're putting up because we're putting it down. Lastly, but not leastly, head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. Handle that. AMC, how you living? Living well, A-Dub. You know, fucking July. <laughs> just, <laughs> finished, just finished watching the, uh, you know, the basketball finals. Giannis was crowned as a champion and as go. a, as a God, he has been anointed. The chosen I, have, one. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, I okay. had no idea the finals were going on. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, he's, they call him the Greek freak. He's, oh, uh, I, like it. I believe he's of Nigerian descent. His family. I believe, <laughs> yeah. I believe his family. <laughs> What are you gonna say? Do you do you appreciate the absurdity of that sentence? You yeah. he, His name is Yanni. He's he's known as the Greek freak. He's from Nigeria. He's of Nigerian descent. Yeah, yeah. So I believe he's Nigerian, but his family immigrated to Greece, um, and then he became a great basketball player. He got drafted, got, uh, grew, I believe, like three or even more inches and, and basically became like a seven footer after he was drafted, which is Oof, insane. Geez. Some people were saying he was like, he was so broke. Uh, like he was like one of those things, like he sold DVDs uh, to buy one pair of shoes. And then him and his brothers split him and his brothers split that pair of basketball shoes to play in. Now they're all uh, in the NBA and they're all NBA champions. <laughs> how many brothers is it? I believe he has two in the NBA. Uh, one, became a champion with the Lakers last year. Uh, and then the other is on his team. And so they both became champions this year. That is literal rags to riches. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's absolutely amazing. He's uh, one of my favorite storylines in recent history. I mean, when he got drafted, they definitely got a deal on him. If he grew another three or four inches after he got drafted. Oh yeah. He was like, uh, so they have this thing. It's called like the lottery picks, which is like the earlier picks. So those are the guys that are kind of projected to do, to do some damage in the league. And he was like, not, he was outside of the lottery, I believe like around like the middle of the, uh, the first round of the draft. And so like, it was kind of like a, like for the Milwaukee bucks, not a big, like, you know, franchise, not a big city. Some people call it a town. Um, (laughs) 
and, town basketball. Yeah, and uh, they were just like, ah, you know what? Let's take a chance on this guy. He ends up being one of the greatest players of all time. He's already been he's been uh, declared two times as MVP of the league. He's also been declared as Defensive Player of the Year one year also, and then now he's a Finals MVP and a champion. So he's he's won all the awards. And the, the funny part is just the way life works up until this season. So he had won, he'd gotten MVP twice, gotten defensive player of the year, you know, multiple all-star games, but hadn't won a championship, hadn't made it to the finals. And so people are like, Yeah, we can't vote for this guy for MVP anymore because he can't do it in the postseason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talking that shit. Yeah, trying, to, then- trying to take something away from him. That same year, then goes on to win a championship, and now it's like he, he might be one of the greatest players of all time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, you know how you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what have how, you done for me lately? Yeah, exactly. But uh, so, anyways, how how have you been, a Dub? Uh, chilling. Your boy got got a little crazy raise up at work, so happy nice. about that. Needed a, that little extra breathing room. AMC killing. You always been killing it. it. It doesn't come as a surprise to me that you're being awarded with more money and benefits. Well, we didn't get any. We didn't get any raise last year. You know, with with COVID and everything, so it yeah. was nice to get a raise this year. <laughs> yeah, I, I lucked out and got the big promotion. That was huge. And then uh, yeah. To get a to get a little raise on top of it a year later. That's that was nice little icing. Yeah, so yeah, do that. Still studying, and yeah, man, just just chilling, just trying to work out, trying to stay in shape. Hurt my arm a little bit, but now it feels a little bit better. So I'm working out a little bit. How about that? <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. That's about it. You know me. My life is pretty straightforward and routine, and I'm not gonna bore you with the mundane details. Well, how about you bore me with the video game details? What have you been playing, Adel? Well, I'm gonna bore you with the details. <laughs> Haven't been playing much, much of anything. So you know, still studying. It's gonna be like this for a very long time. So I apologize to the listeners. I apologize to you, AMC, and I apologize to myself because it feels like it's just a part of me that I can't access. It's like it's like Deku trying to tap into more of one for all. It's like I could, but I'm gonna hurt myself. <laughs> so, but you know, I decided. You know, I opened up a little bit. I decided it was time to get back into the Division Two a little bit. It's an easy pick up and play game. You could get in. You could handle a couple of events. You know, for an hour of game time in the Division, you can get a lot done. So, I decided to fire up the Division Two again. Completely, you know completely impressed by the ps5 patch with the higher frame rate it just moves it looks good and it's it's a dream to play it's just just it's like taking a sip of a fine whiskey it's just smooth and filling <laughs> and yeah it's just awesome you know I, I went around i cleared a blockade that was around the, the campus settlement um it's told me about some new content. It looks like there's some stuff I can unlock. I found a new scarf that goes more appropriately with my outfit. And yeah, just enjoying the game, locking down streets, hitting headshots, taking dudes down. I'm thinking about making some alterations. I'm going to take a little time, look into the gear, see if I can do some more augments, switch some things around and get more out of my character. Because at this point, it's about upping my gear score so that I can get to the higher world tiers and get to the 
definitive quote-unquote end of the Division II's content. At the same token, I also have the Warlords of New York content that I need to get into. And yeah, man, it's it's just a blast to play. It's very refreshing. You know, you, no matter how much time you spend away from the Division II, it's always like riding a bike, a beach cruiser with squeaky brakes coming down the street, about to get you loot. That's what I'm about. <laughs> yeah, I had a good time, found an SHD cache, you know, just looking around the environment, figuring out different ways that I can maneuver. I love that it has interiors and just verticality and outside of the box ways of thinking of how to get into areas that aren't, you know, immediately apparent. So the Division Two remains one of my favorite games, one of my favorite shooters, no doubt. Hopefully, you know, I don't know if it's going to be this live service division that they're making or perhaps if they make a full-on Division Three somewhere down the line, it's going to be the next thing. But I'm very much looking forward to seeing the next iteration of that franchise. But enough about me. AMC, what have you been playing? Oh, uh, I've been playing been playing some new stuff, A-Dub. Uh, mm. So as mentioned last week, I beat Hades, and so it was time to start a new game. And uh, didn't get to do a ton of game this week. Basically sat down last night, finally had my time to play video games when everybody's down asleep and I don't have to wake up for work the next day. And I popped in. So first, I popped in Cuphead. And right. it was it was it was go time. Marissa was up for this, and so I was like, "Hey, you want to see this game, Cuphead? It looks absolutely awesome." Did and she play as Mugman? So that was so that was the thing. I was getting ready to play it. We're, we're going. I'm going through the tutorial, and she's like, "Oh, this looks simple enough that I could play." And I was like, "So, are you gonna want to play?" And she's like, "Yeah, but uh, but I want to go to bed." <laughs> so uh, I was like, "All right, so." I'm going to put Cuphead on the basically I have to put Cuphead now on the back burner because we still have to finish the um, the extended levels of what is it of uh, Super Mario 3D World. So we're going to beat that and then it'll be time for Cuphead, unfortunately. But then that opened up a new opportunity to actually then go into a roguelike experience. So I'm going from mm-hmm. roguelike to roguelike A-Dub. Mm-hmm. And I am back on the PS5, which means I will be able to start streaming video games again. Uh, and that game being, I mentioned it last week, we played it at PSX in a demo, so you might not even remember it, but demo. the game is called Wizard of Legend. Whoa. Yeah. Um, basically, Damn. this game... Yeah, yeah. You, play, you play as a wizard, you unlock spells. Um, it's great. It looks very retro, which is very awesome. Um, and it, it's... Despite it's, popular opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it looks like a game that I could play on the Super NES. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely awesome. Um, did a couple of runs just to get a taste for the game. You know, it's very different too. just going from Hades to now this game, just with the uh, just one, the presentation alone that Hades has uh, just having one, the voice dialogue, but two, um, a complete narrative behind the game. This one is a little more straightforward as you might find in like other, you know, more typical roguelikes where it's they go they put you through kind of a tutorial phase where you walk through this museum and you kind of understand that there is this tournament or not even like a tournament it's this challenge and uh people show up they try to fight through the challenge and if they complete the challenge they guess what they become the wizard of legend (laughs) and so after you go through that whole museum phase where you learn about like the challenge and just like about like kind of the spells and how they the 
you know, some introductory uh, spells that they just give you to kind of play around with. Uh, then you actually end up in the phase of the game where you're now then going through it. And uh, here's something that uh, I, I, I'll i ask you, A-Dub, how you kind of approach roguelikes. Because this is actually one of my favorite parts of the game, uh, is the very beginning when you're, one, just kind of getting a feel for the game, but you're just unlocking shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and um so like for you like when you when you go through do you kind of just try to interact with everything whether it's possibly positive or negative just to get just to one unlock stuff just to see how things work or are you always just trying to get the best build and go as far as possible in your first run like in your runs every time uh for me it's more of an approach where I take the best of what the game offers me, or I take basically anything that's geared more closely to my preferred play style Mm -hmm. that the game offers. It's only in situations where they offer me, the only options are things that are outside of my play style that it's like, well, may as well go with this thing, whatever, let's try it. And that's how I learned at the outset. Once I get a firm grasp of the core mechanics, once I know the things that I like, and that work best for me, that's when I start branching out and like, okay, I have this thing that I know works for me. So now let me also bring in this thing that I'm unsure about. So that if that uncertainty is, you know, substantial, I can always go back to the thing that I have and do that. So yeah, it's, it's always a learning process because of these kind of games over time, I learned that you benefit by, learning the most you can about everything. However, you still have to establish that knowledge base, which is built around your your preferred play style and your knowledge of the things that cater most to it. Yeah, so exactly. Uh, so Hades, basically that, Hades somewhat, how they made the game influenced my approach to it in that one. And I think I'm, because of that, I'm carrying it over to, to the, uh, this game, Wizard of Legend. So what Hades did, they actually incentivized you um, trying out as many different uh, as they refer to as uh, boons so like all like the bonuses in the game trying out as many different ones because the more that you like basically unlocked which means like selected and and played with you would then after you died um, if you completed say the card of this guide and got all of their boons they would then give you a significant amount of resources which you, you could then use to buy you know stuff for like the main area or to upgrade your character and things along that line so a lot of times i'd often pick things that i knew weren't like geared towards my play style but just uh contributed to unlocking everything for that god in order to then get more resources that I could then put into investing back into my character to say have more health or more attack or whatever features that are just constants with my character for each run after the fact. And so with a uh, wizard legend, what they did good, which uh, is, is a little different from Hades. So, and so I'll say one thing about roguelikes is one thing you can always expect is an incredible gameplay experience. And so this game absolutely has that um, in spades, I'll say. And what makes it different from Hades is I felt like when I was playing Hades, a lot of times I kind of just had my attacks. And so I would kind of just, if I'm in this situation, I'm using this attack. Then if I need to step back because this one's dangerous, then I'm stepping away and I'm using my special a little bit more as opposed to like my, we'll say melee attack or whatever, my my standard attack. Whereas in this game, uh, it's all about, Com- uh, 
getting the perfect build so that you can then combo your attacks together, which is uh, just a different approach to uh, your combat as opposed to how Hades was. And so eventually at the uh, Hades, when I was at the point where I was like, I'm ready to beat this game, I had a feel for like which, um, which moves or boons uh, worked well best together to then get like the most efficient attack off possible, the most powerful attack. Whereas in this one, it's uh, a lot of it's about like which moves um, work well best together. So it's about like building a chemistry uh, between all of your attacks. And so because of that, I'm now just trying to unlock as many attacks as possible to then really get a feel for like um, which ones are best for comboing up. Cause there's like certain things like I got like this one attack that, uh sucks enemies in and then so i can suck them in and then use this other attack that can then knock them away and things along those lines and then you can also overpower your character to then get like an enhanced attack on your special and uh there's uh i believe you have one relic um at least as of right now i can only hold one relic and so you can uh, get these relics that are basically items that you equip that also give you uh an extended like uh boost so there's uh it, and that comes in the in the forms of attack defense and then miscellaneous and so i've just been unlocking those just to see how many different ones i can have and then eventually i'll start really playing around with like my build out which is the fun part so in this one in this game you can get boosts as you're going through the run but you choose your loadout going into the run so you have like your spells that you take into the run with you and then you can kind of enhance those as you go through your run so there's there's still that randomization but there's there's a familiarity at least on the outset uh, of each run based on the spells that you decide to take with you so there's a lot going on in a game that seems very simple in comparison to hades and i'm absolutely loving it um and it has the feel very much of an indie an indie game just like you like they have like portraits of like the designers in the games and even certain spells they'll say thanks um this person contributed to the creation of this uh spell and so you know that like yeah and so like they they somehow like honor like you know like the fans of the games i'm not really sure how they contributed but um it's it's great that they're honoring the people who help support this game along the way in the spells uh and so in in the description of the spell so this feels very grassroots and i'm absolutely loving it and so um yeah i'm gonna start streaming it next week now that i've had like a few runs to kind of get a feel for the game and y'all won't just see me dying and exactly. <laughs> not knowing yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Because we have control issues. We care about your viewing pleasure and we don't yeah. want to bore you with us getting the feel for a game, <laughs> like learning how to do it. Like, hey, maybe there's a market for that. That's what people do on the Let's Plays, but we don't get all wacky and silly with our comments and our sound effects. We just <laughs> yeah. want to give you raw, uncut gameplay the way the Lord intended Yes, sir. So let's get right into it, A-Dub. Let's get into these topics of the week. Topics topics of of the week. week. Take it away, A-Dub. What you got for me? Well, I don't don't know what I got. Should I go with the quick hits first? Should I go with the big thing first? You know what? If we're going to do EA Play, here, let me lead off with a, a quick hit because you'll get into the, the, the realness, the good, good. The right hook. <laughs> yeah, the right hook. So I'll, I'll come out with the jab from EA Play. That being, you know, you can always expect a battlefield. We had we gotten word that they were going to do, you know, a, a more futuristic battlefield, get away from the past. And so we knew that they were coming out with that Battlefield 2042. But the more important thing is that they announced with Battlefield 2042, Battlefield 2042 
portal. Yes. So when I first saw this, <laughs> the I was most like, interesting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. When I first heard this, I was like, what? There's going to be teleporting in Battlefield 2042. What is this? Is this a crossover with Valve? Like what's happening here? And then, and, um, this, is, <laughs> this is its own sandbox experience. And so this taken straight from EA's site, a breakdown of what Battlefield Portal is. Battlefield Portal is a community-driven platform within Battlefield 2042 that will let the let you create and find fantastic experiences. The creation suite includes settings, custom modes, and a logic editor, so you can build your own signature spin on Battlefield's sandbox. You'll be able to change team ratios, tweak victory conditions, restrict weapons, and even put different factions from different eras in Battlefield's history against one another. So you can have the future against the past and the past against the future, A-Dub. Not only that, on top of the content available in Battlefield 2042, Battlefield Portal also lets you play with maps, weapons, vehicles, and more from Battlefield 1942, Battlefield Bad Company 2, and Battlefield 3. So, A-Dub, I post you this question. We had discussed it a little bit in the pre-show, but let's do a deep dive. We saw in the trailer that there is a match setting of people with knives versus defibrillators. Yes. And I got to ask you, A-Dub, you're going into battle with the AMC. What are you choosing? Are we defibrillators or are we knives? I want to say defibrillators. <laughs> I feel like, like you said it best when we were talking about this decision in the pre-show, it's like, you can get stabbed. <laughs> they keep going. But a defibrillator, you catch a zap, you're down. Yeah. <laughs> you might be dead. Like, it might stop your heart. But if it doesn't stop your heart, you're down. <laughs> while you're down, you can get zapped again. You know what else can happen to you while you're down? You can get stabbed. With your own knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to say defibrillators. I mean, they're number one, there's two of them. So it's not even like I got to take a single thing and poke you with it. While you're sitting there trying to stab me, all I got to do is tie your arm up and then just put them pads on you while I got your arm controlled and zap your dick. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, it sounds way it sounds way easier than it probably is in reality. But we're not talking about reality. We're talking about a motherfucking video game. So oh. I get to <laughs> run up on you and zap you and you're just you're done. So put you in the cardiac arrest. <laughs> exactly. You get stunned, zap you again, get that stun lock going. <laughs> <laughs> Bind you, May quick. melee you with the pads. <laughs> Start socking you. <laughs> zap punch, zap, zap. punch. <laughs> Body zap, head zap. <laughs> yeah, this looks oh. absolutely awesome, though. Um, yeah, it's always a fun thing to when you add a um, it's a complete creation mode, and this is a game that completely benefits from it. When you look at say like a Call of Duty, those games are all about you know the uh, like just your guns and going head to head. And what always stood out with Battlefield is the addition of weapons, these huge war 
war setting more like settings that uh they set up it within the game and to now give the user the ability they said there wouldn't be map creation and map editing but -hmm. you do get to choose the parameters within the maps and so what battlefield always did well is that there's the addition of um you know vehicles planes and all that good stuff and so being able to choose like all right we're gonna have migs versus uh what is it like the the jet propeller not jet propeller the um the uh propeller airplanes going at it from like 1942 (laughs) (laughs) and things along those lines you could you could really have some like fun um uh you know just uh scenarios going on and um, they had like world war ii troops and jeeps against like future soldiers in VTOL aircraft (laughs) (laughs) and the jeeps were giving it to the VTOL somehow it was crazy yeah, and so yeah, there's like there's all types of fun like settings that they could do like tanks versus airplanes, yada yada yada. Um, so like it, it seems like this is always the game that has been set up for just like those wacky scenarios. I remember like the the one famous video from back in the day where the dudes in the uh, the jet jumps out of his jet snipes the jet behind him and then grabs onto that jet and takes it over. <laughs> like there's always been like just out of like. Like you know, just out of out of nowhere, like scenarios going on within the games, within the confines of what the developers of developers had set up for the user, and now having the users have full, um, you know, creative freedom with uh, Battlefield, I think is going to take the game to another place. But a dub, that was the only thing announced at EA Play. Oh no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. I mean, we we heard rumors. We ignored rumors. Because we here at Control Issues don't entertain rumors. You never know when they're going to be real. But this one, it just happened to be real. Toward the end of the show, the place that you revealed this kind of shit, they dropped it. EA made it official. And they revealed the franchise that they will be reviving. The franchise that they will be remaking. They revealed... Dead space. There wasn't that much pop or fanfare to it. It what they gave us was a, a cinematic trailer and it showed off basically the tone and the atmosphere of the remake. And yes, this is a remake of the original Dead Space. Uh, we know this because it has been confirmed, but in the CG trailer, what you can see is a necromorph tearing into the body of some poor soul who found themselves in its path, you know, probably unwittingly, unknowingly. And then we see those words, the, the handwritten blood-soaked message that sets off the entire Dead Space trilogy cut off the limbs (laughs) the moment i saw that it was just like yep this is a remake all over again we see isaac at the workbench healing himself getting his juice back we know that hudless user interface where you got your health on your spinal cords you got your kinesis energy to the right of it oh Oh, the moment so, I saw that that's those spine that spine start lighting up, I was like, "Oh god!" <laughs> like, dude, I was I was just going through the mental trauma all over again of working my way through the USG Ishimura and trying to just get the fuck off of it. I can't wait. I already have 
the Dead Space trilogy on Xbox 360 in my Amazon cart. I was waiting specifically for this reveal to determine whether it would be a remake, a remastered trilogy, a reboot. I wasn't going to pull the trigger until I knew what was up, but now I'm going to pull that trigger. Uh, man, it it's it's going to be great. I mean, there was a there was an interview after the teaser trailer and some additional information that was revealed is that it's going to be current gen only. There will not be a PS4 or an Xbox One version. This is for PS5. It's for the Xbox series of consoles and it's for PC. So we can look forward to that. What's going on with the remake, which was revealed in a follow-up interview, is that the team at EA Motive is taking the original game and they are just polishing it up and repackaging it to try to get a few extra bucks out of you. They're going through every single asset in the game and rebuilding it in a, damn, what is that engine called? The Frostbite engine. So they're rebuilding it in EA's engine. It's going to be current gen only. They're going to make some changes here and there. They spoke a bit about the kind of things they're going to do. I mean, for one, they want to stay as true to the story and the core experience as possible. So much so that they even have a small committee of Dead Space like community that they consult every two or three weeks to make sure that they're staying on track with the game. They aren't doing anything that's going to break it. They aren't doing anything that fans wouldn't approve of with the game. So that's something to applaud. I mean, there are some things that are a bit questionable. questionable. I've heard mention or seen mention of making it accessible. So I don't know what that means. Accessible is the four letter word of the current generation, last generation. There were a lot of four letter words like live service, microtransaction loot box <laughs> but this gen so far our first four letter word is accessibility so we'll see accessibility what- and i mean we've seen it in the past but really people are coming at them hard cross gen <laughs> cross i mean that's gonna fade at some point so yeah is it <laughs> horizon hasn't come out yet <laughs> huh? well it's gonna be cross gen we know that and yeah. god of war is gonna be cross gen uh-huh. and when it comes out well, anyways, yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah, but concerning Dead Space, concerning this remake, rebuilding it, Frostbite engine, current gen only, community feedback. They're also going to try to improve the combat. I can't think of any possible way that you could improve such a well-made system where you can't rely on headshots and body shots unless you just want to waste ammo and end up using your kinesis tool and your and your stasis tool to survive. But, you know, there's, there's a lot they can work with. I think there's a lot they need to leave untouched, but there's a lot to work with. They are also aiming to leverage the capabilities of the modern consoles in order to turn the Dead Space experience into a seamless one. They want it where you'll want it to sit there and keep playing because from the start to the game to the credits, you're never taken out of the experience. There's no cuts. So I'm very interested in how that's going to manifest. I believe the original game was already set up like that. It's just that with the limitations of the, the PS3 and the Xbox 360, there was, there was a little breakup whenever you traveled between sections. I imagine you won't have that now with PS5 
in Xbox Series. And yeah, man, I'm I'm pumped for it. AMC, how do you feel about this game? Do you have any information to add? What is up in your brain? Um, yeah, I will say everything I've heard about this game so far is uh, I, I love their approach to this. Uh, one, the fact that it's going to be a remake rather than a remaster. Like I, I did like the uh, I had no issues with the Mass Effect Legendary, that being like a remaster. But with this game, it's a game that, you know, was all about, you know, you're, you're chopping off limbs and Ugh. you're you now have a chance to make this game on the PS5. So it's almost like why like it's you could totally take advantage of this hardware to really get into like the aspects of chopping off those limbs to really get more precise or even just adds more vulnerable vulnerable points because you can focus on you can just really get more detailed with uh just where you impact the enemy. And so I I, I like the fact that they're taking this opportunity to do a remake rather than a remaster mm. so that they can really like take full advantage of the console. I would say on top of that, the approach of, you know, reaching out to the community in this way. So I like, um, in the first time I've heard this, there was a, I believe it was on like Jeff, Jeff Grubbs podcast. He was interviewing a developer for this game that like, I, I, I couldn't even name. It was like a PC game that was getting ported to uh, console, like multiplayer, I believe like free to play something that's completely off my radar, but they were basically talking about like, you know, like tweaking the game, updating it in certain ways and like just how their approach to that. And they were saying like, basically we have a community uh, like as mentioned here of basically super fans. And whenever they tweak something, they go to those super fans to say like, basically here's how we're going to tweak it and let us know and a lot of times they said the tweaks would be based off of you know the complaints and so they would say we don't want to the super fans are the most important people but we do want to kind of like like meet in the middle when it comes to the people who are complaining about the game to try to improve the experience for them uh and so they would discuss the tweets with the super fans and then move move forward from there and i like that that's how ea motive has decided to approach this remake um of dead space in that they want to get they want to talk to the people who were actual fans of the original like uh the original like releases the original trilogy uh as opposed to you know the people who are just like fuck this game you 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 change one thing in the, in the third game and that ruined the entire franchise they, they're like no 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 we want to talk to people who love the game and we're going to do some updates and we want to make sure that they still get the uh the true experience of the game while also having you know all these additions for a more modern experience and that's that's the approach that i think like any developer that's looking to remake a game should take and so um they've already discussed uh that there wouldn't be microtransactions so <laughs> that's something that you know if there, was saying that, if there was one complaint from the people who were just like wanted to throw gasoline on this on this trilogy, um, they 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 addressed that and they addressed it right away so that you know those people can now be you know placated I guess and everything else from here on is just looking at ways to enhance the game without ruining what was uh, the you know the traditional original experience and so it seems like they're they have just a good approach and it's also just more reflective of ea as of as of late as far as um trying to do things right as opposed to you know um you know just trying out things and then pissing off gamers as a whole <laughs> and so uh with this you know mass effect legendary edition like going back into the little dead space it seems like they're even 
selecting the right franchises to you know to resurface and you know to remind people hey we're not like that company that just only released things that made you angry like we actually did things that people still have an affinity for and so they're i think their approach to this has been great and um i think this game looks absolutely awesome yeah we'll see if i jump into it you know my stance on horror games but mm-hmm. this is one of those games that uh when I watched you, when I watched you play it in the past, it always like just you know caught my eye, and I couldn't help but watch it and enjoy the shit out of it. And you know, I, I always love like just the the look of this game, the polish of this game. And as we were watching it, I was I made the comment to you that they're showing us 2008 footage, and that game mm-hmm. still looked good. And so you know, they're them saying that they're gonna you know just enhance that, really take advantage of the 3D audio and things on those lines. That could really like just play into the uh immersive factor and then i don't know if they decide to you know get the haptic feedback you know with that dual sense uh that could really take the game to the next level and so there's a lot there are a lot of things going on with modern gaming that i think that this game could take advantage of and so i think is it could definitely benefit from a remake as opposed to a remaster and people are going to have nightmares when this thing, <laughs> when that 3D audio hits, because it was already a mindfuck with the sound design in the original Dead Space. Like there are there are little tiny voices that you can hear as you're moving about. There's things that you hear in the vents and screams. It, it, there's all kinds of just. It. I'm getting traumatized just thinking about it right now. So to think of that stuff in a 3D space rather than just a stereo space of left and right with pseudo 3D. I, I can't even begin to imagine how incredible it's going to be. But I mean, the improvements don't just stop at, you know, the gameplay at the visuals. They're talking about making tie-ins to the lore and the story of the sequels and the most, the most exciting improvements, I would say, are the ones that I hope for, where they would look forward to the sequels and pull refined elements from those into the original. Namely, the specific thing I was looking forward to was that they looked at the improved Zero-G gameplay of Dead Space 2, and that's something that they're looking to integrate into Dead Space 1. Uh, I described it before in another show when we were discussing the rumor, but basically in Dead Space 1, you you had the magnetic boots and you're running on the walls and in circular spaces. And, you know, that's cool. You're looking around and you can jump to a point and that's how you evade the necromorphs in 3D space. But with Dead Space 2, it was true zero G where you just let go and you're floating. You have attenuators on your suit that allow you to maneuver yourself in three axes, you're base you're basically weightless, and you're floating around. You shoot. <laughs> it's awesome. So that's great. But what I don't understand, AMC, and every now and then I will call you out on this with your aversion to the horror games. What is it about the pulse pounding? experience of never knowing what's around the next corner what's gonna bust out of the wall that that you don't that you don't want yeah it's it's exactly that it's that feeling um because you know it's like games are already intense uh 
Mm. But then just that idea of like walking and it's something just breaking out of a vent. <laughs> like I, I, I told you, like, you know, it must have just been Resident Evil traumatized me. I don't know why. It, it was probably just the age that, like, I played that game at. But that just that first time that dog, like, jumped through the, I think it was, like, the window. The window? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> and I remember just being like, fuck this. And, uh. Like I and I didn't get past that point, I believe. Um, and so and you know, take controls and all that there. So like Resident Evil definitely like just Resident Evil, what was tough about that game or what was so um uh what I'm traumatizing about that game is you know, with the tank controls, it really gave you that feeling of, you know, like a dreamlike um scenario or sequence where it's like i'm running but i'm running super slow yeah. i'm turning but i'm turning super slow i don't have enough bullets my punches are weak <laughs> like, i know and, what i want to do but my body won't respond yeah and so like all of that just kind of came together and that's why like you know that first resident evil was just an experience that you can't like really replicate the same like as like any anything else um and yeah, and so like I think just that traumatized me. And so you know, you do make a valid point. I am still living in uh, my kid mind, and <laughs> I am now thirty. I am now in my thirties, and so I should, I should, you know, just just give it a kid. You have a kid. Give it a shot. You're <laughs> yeah. about to have a second kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so you can't be the kid in the house anymore. <laughs> Scared of monsters and shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Daddy, there's something under the bed. There probably is coming to your mom's room with me. There probably is. I got this flashlight. Come, <laughs> come and sleep in my bed. <laughs> I, for me, with survival horror, like I, I got a similar feeling when the dog jumped through the door, but I just ran to the other door, got through, <laughs> and I never went back in that room until I had no choice. Like you didn't. You didn't have the experience of eventually backtracking to that room, <laughs> and it has giant spiders in it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like you're going back expecting the dogs that you left a couple of hours ago, and you go in and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I'm talking, I'm talking Volkswagen Beetle size <laughs> spiders. <laughs> Oh, oh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> this is crazy. But yeah, with, with Dead Space, with survival horror in general, like, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm frightened. I'm on the edge of my seat. My pulse is pounding. My hands are sweating. I, but I just feel like that that feeling, I think that's one of the heights of gaming, that it can just make you feel that horror, even though you're playing a video game, you know you're playing a video game, you know you gotta press forward, but you don't know what's gonna happen. Like it, like you're like you're talking about things busting out of vents and busting through windows. Imagine walking in a room and you see the creatures in the room going into the vents. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. That's going to be a problem down the line. <laughs> like, like you think that, and then you're all, you always have this looming fear of like, but where did they go? And then they never come back. It's like, wait a minute. It's dead space to survival horror 
to a whole new level because there, there are just things that you think are going to happen that don't happen. There are things you don't think are going to happen that do happen. It throws so many curveballs. And then there's things that you know are going to happen, but you just don't want to happen. Like, I think you saw that one scene where that giant creature busts through that, that, that bulkhead door. And then they start having, like, that's a mini boss fight. But when you're walking there, all you're hearing is, and you're like, what is that? Where is that coming from? You're walking. It's getting louder. Nothing's happening. No enemies anywhere. You're walking. You're scavenging. You're looking at lockers. You're pulling out loot. (laughs) And then eventually you're looking at the door and you're like, ah, shit, it's that door. What is behind that door? You get close to the door, and in comes the biggest creature you've ever seen in your life. And you got to square off with that thing and figure out how to take it out. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, continuing down this line. um, So, you know, the excitement, I I obviously never played Dead Space, but there's this excitement when they announce that they're they're remaking Dead Space. And so I ask you as uh, somebody who's played all these games, what makes Dead Space stand out within this genre of survival horror? What makes Dead Space stand out in, in this genre of survival horror are two things. For one, it's science fiction. I haven't seen very many, like, like, sure, Resident Evil is science fiction. It's umbrella company they're making the t-virus it infects people they're trying to design the tyrant they're trying to sell weapons across the world whatever that's fine it's contemporary though with dead space what drew me in is that you you're in a far-flung future you're in space you're on a ship and i liked the grounded realism of it you're not a space soldier the fate of the world doesn't rest in your hands it's you're an engineer answering a distress call going to fix a ship on on a mining expedition you get there you discover all the horrors inside you're trapped and you got to figure out a way out you got to use mining tools as weapons it was I, i just love how all of those elements came together to create this truly unique universe and this truly unique experience that no other game has come close to or even tried to replicate but we'll see what's happening with callisto project that's being made by the former developers who comprised visceral that was shut down by ea and the the second part that really sold dead space for me was how it took standard convention and threw it to the side cut off their limbs that was the big thing. That was the way you win. It, you, can't, you can't hit these enemies in the body or hit them in the head because they'll just keep coming. They'll evolve. They'll change into something more deadly. Their tactics will change if you hit them in areas that they are vulnerable to. You have to hit them in the limbs. You cut off their limbs. That's how you do the most damage. And then you could even take their limbs and weaponize them against them. You could take things in the environment, weaponize them against them using your stasis. I mean, not your stasis tool, but your kinesis module. And it was, it, it took survival horror where you know, it was about ammo conservation. It was about running away. It was about, you know, I pull out my knife so I can just keep him at bay. And it, it turned it on its head to where 
even if I don't have ammo, I'm still deadly. And it kept the survival horror aspect in that, you know, if you're out of ammo, if you feel like you're outmatched, you can you can run away in most situations and just survive. There are a lot of situations where you're locked in rooms and you better figure the fuck out. But, you know, it still kept that survival horror element, but it, it just gave you more to work with. And if you if you understood the gameplay mechanics and you use them to your advantage, you're just doing things that really paint this incredible picture. Like Dead Space as a franchise and as a new IP back in 2008 was an utter masterpiece. I was sold the moment that I saw the screenshots and the more information that I obtained about the game, just the more sold I was with it over time. Like it was instantly one of my favorite games of all time. I am super excited for this remake. Hopefully AMC, you get in it. You know, make it a girlfriend game, girlfriend mm. horror game. It's yeah. just it's just like a scary movie, but you're playing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But there are some folks who aren't terribly excited. Yeah. <laughs> there are some folks who aren't satisfied. Yeah. There are some folks who are out there trolling. Yeah. <sighs> So these trolls are coming sideways at the Dead Space remake for reasons I cannot possibly discern. Some of them make no sense at all. Some of them are completely unrelated, and others are just a bunch of belly aching bullshit, belly bitch, as we call it. Virtual says, EA, don't forget the tactile multiplayer, loot boxes, skins, battle pass, battle royale mode, and enough additions of the game that we need an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of everything. So wait, so now multiplayer is bad. People aren't going to complain that they're losing value when the, when the multiplayer isn't yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know how that go. <laughs> you know what it is. Uh, so first of all, the original Dead Space was not a game that was set up to support any of those things. So why anyone would bring these things? Well, except skins. And the original Dead Space did have skins, which was great because I enjoyed beating the original game one time through with everything just a la mode, vanilla, I don't know if those two things are synonymous, but beating the whole thing vanilla and then coming back on my increasingly difficult playthroughs, you know, with a different suit on, with a different look, different, you know, spice it up, suss it up a little bit. So stop, stop this nonsense. Just because it's EA doesn't mean that... Uh, tried to say the same thing with Jedi Fallen Order. None of those things materialized, and it ended up being one of the greatest Star Wars games ever made. Went on to sell in excess of 10 million copies. It's getting a sequel. It's like, so get over it, man. Just stop. Stop. Next troll says... After they treated, after how they treated the original developers of these games, I'm not sure if I'll even play this. <laughs> so there are a lot of comments like this out there. I think there's probably one more that I have selected that's in this vein. So I'll get into my whole little rebuttal of this a little later. Next show says, 
uh, it's just so devoid of creativity. I played the original recently and that trailer didn't look a whole lot better than the original. Yet another lazy cash in for gaming and don't even bother with the but it's a remake. It's lazy. Gamers need to stop being okay with updated rehashes and demand these bums put effort into something. Yeah. All right. So first of all, you can't just spout a whole bunch of bullshit and then disqualify the only applicable response to all that bullshit because it is a remake. <laughs> it's the original Dead Space. They're remaking it. They're trying to stay as true to the source material as humanly possible. Of course, there's not going to be a lot of creativity. It's not going to be a kart racer. It's not going to be a puzzle game. It's not going to be a real-time strategy, even though a real-time strategy Dead Space would be the shit. However, it's a remake. Get off, get, get, get off your high horse. Second the of all, a game that came out in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> older than Dead Space. I mean, see, o- older than Demon Souls, <laughs> which got a remake to rave reviews and excellent community reception. And then it's lazy. Gamers need to stop being okay with updated rehashes. People have been begging for Dead Space to come back. When these rumors circulated that they were going to reboot or remake a franchise, people were begging for it to be Dead Space. People were happy it was Dead Space. So you speak for no one. Get get off of that. And just lastly, stop your belly bitching. Next troll says, no thanks. Dead Space 2 had a Chapter 12 glitch that fucked my save file. I never looked back. And it's EA. I don't play EA games. Not anymore. Well, damn, what did EA games do to you and your family that made you never want to play them again? Uh, The only thing to say here is that this isn't a remake of Dead Space 2, bro. Yeah, this ain't Dead Space 2. (laughs) This ain't Dead Space 2. It's Dead Space. If Dead Space didn't have a Chapter 12 glitch, then you don't need to worry about a Chapter 12 glitch. (laughs) I mean, goddamn. Next troll says, guarantee this will be ruined by microtransactions and you'll have to pay extra for spending after spending $70 for the ending to this new remake. All right. Uh, It's already been confirmed that the game won't have microtransactions. It's already been stated in this segment alone that the original Dead Space was not built with that kind of stuff in mind, primarily because it predates those things. Secondly, because it's just a straight up original third-person, sci-fi, horror, single-player experience. The kind of stuff that you want. The kind of stuff that you want EA to make. The kind of stuff that you should be supporting so that they keep making it instead of you over here belly-bitching and throwing a monkey wrench in the system. Next troll says, another remake, yawn. Go take your bitch ass back to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> Don't nobody care about you or what you think. Next show says, people shouldn't really be that excited for this remake. Not only does it still hold up pretty well, and it's not all that hard to get a hold of, but this is EA. They're going to flood it with crappy microtransactions and ways to make it worse. Well, it's already not going to have microtransactions, so there goes half of your complaint. And ways to make it worse, so far, everything they said is going to make it better. So there goes the other half of your complaint. So you have no complaints. You should just shut the fuck up. Next troll says, it's EA. 
they took this great potential series of games and destroyed it shortly after with what, you may ask? Microtransactions. Can you blame me? Yeah, I can, because you sound like somebody who actually didn't play Dead Space 3 and doesn't know the impact of those microtransactions, which there was none. The microtransactions were completely optional. If you played Dead Space 3, and if you didn't just sit there and bitch about the presence of the microtransactions, you know that you could get all the resources you could possibly need to craft whatever the hell you could possibly want and have a great time with the game, which was outstanding, and you should play it, especially since they're easy to get a hold of and still hold up today. No, so what's going on here is that when, at the beginning of the whole microtransaction thing, EA decided to put them in dead space. I imagine because it was a means for them to supplement the revenue of the franchise, which hasn't turned a profit. EA kept putting money into this franchise and, you know, I imagine they saw the potential. They wanted it to be something big, and it just wasn't there. And, and it really didn't get there because people saw microtransactions and rallied against the game instead of supporting one of the best original franchises out there. If you played Dead Space 3, if you embraced the mechanics, if you ventured into the optional areas, if you used your resource drones effectively, you would have more than enough resources to craft whatever you want. I mean, by the earliest part of the game, the first weapon I crafted was an electric rivet gun with an extended clip holding like 60 rivets. High rate of fire. As soon as I heard anything bust out of a vent, I quickly snapped to their location, stuck to the wall, electrified, done. There, there, there was nothing that the game could throw at me that I couldn't just red with that gun that was just one gun i also had like a medium weapon frame or a heavy weapon frame i could have crafted a second weapon if i needed it at the time i had two supply drones going simultaneously at any given time so i just had resources on resources on resources coming in had the frame and i had this uber weapon that was getting the job done regular enemies no problem mini bosses no problem Bosses, no problem. So all this microtransaction business, even if they did put it in, it would be in an unobtrusive manner that doesn't alter the gameplay. You know, it's ever since the implementation of microtransactions, people have always been pushing this narrative where, oh, they're they're trying to, they're changing the balance, they're making you grind so that you're more you're more apt to go purchase a microtransaction so you can skip it. It's like these games have not changed. The grind has been the same because you've had to grind in games since games were made. It's like as soon as they put in a means for you to bypass something, you feel like they put in something that wasn't there before. These games are as they've always been. Dead Space was improved with its crafting system because it more accurately represented the lore of being an engineer that could take mining weapons and pieces and bits of other machinery to cobble together into something that could help you fight against the necromorph infestation. Whatever, dude. Nextrol says, place your bets. What kind of microtransactions are gonna be in this one? <laughs> it's a broken record. <laughs> yeah, it just keeps going. And the last troll, 
do they plan to kill the studio after they finish this one too? EA did Visceral Games dirty. So EA did Visceral Games dirty. You mean EA Redwood Shores? As they were known as before they were rebranded to Visceral Games, after they made Dante's Inferno, after they made Dead Space, and in a move to more appropriately identify them with the kind of games that they would be making going forward, namely Dead Space 2, Dead Space 3, and a canceled Star Wars project that they were working on. Do you plan to kill the studio after they finish this one? There were three Dead Spaces. What do you mean this one? EA Redwood Chores, formerly known or properly known as Visceral Gaze, was given tons of room and lots of chances to be a successful studio. And it just didn't happen. I feel like people who take this attitude only saw that EA shuttered the studio and didn't bother to look into the reason why, nor the history that led up to that situation. Visceral just throwing games, away mo- they're just throwing away money. <laughs> yeah. Visceral Games made a bunch of games. Great games. And if more people supported them, especially their last finished game, Dead Space 3, maybe they'd still be under EA's umbrella today. Maybe we would have had a Dead Space 4 by now. Maybe we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But instead, they... The developers have gone off and started a new studio so you guys can go ahead and not support Callisto Project just like you didn't support Dead Space and then wonder why they end up closing up. So, you know, it is it about EA? Is it about microtransactions? Or is it just that you guys don't support games and they get mad when studios close, not realizing you're the problem? Mm-hmm. And mad about... You get mad about microtransactions, but always talk about how you're going to buy games at a discount. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well, and like yeah, the well, microtransactions came in the last game. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So that's the point like I was going to just quickly make was that um, I'm loving too that they are doing this, uh, that they're bringing these games back to kind of rewrite the story. Because um, you just see right here, there is just this hate that has lingered for people and keep in mind this is a game that uh the first dead space goes back to 2008 i'm not sure when the the uh, the third one came out but there have been there have now been a generation of gamers that have come that are now playing video games that weren't around for dead dead space 3 or people that just skipped glossed over dead space 3 and just never got into the franchise and then so there are these people who are holding on to this anger from the original trilogy from the third game and they're convincing people not to like it and so mm-hmm. what i love about this is that they now can go back they can release dead they can release release dead space without the microtransactions they already released uh, mass effect legendary edition you know no microtransactions yeah no microtransactions all the dlc there and people, and then, people asking them to put in the multiplayer mode from mass effect 3 yeah the, the tacked on cash grab multiplayer yeah it's so, um it, and that was that was a great thing because there's this thing with mass effect mass effect one amazing mass effect two amazing mass effect three people didn't like the ending game is crap you know what the entire franchise, franchise is crap the, the people who <laughs> created the game they're all crap yeah yeah yada and so the, this narrative just comes out that 
no, you should skip it, yada, 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 because the ending doesn't go away that I wanted it to go, and thus it negates everything that was good about the game. And as you're saying, Dead Space, incredible first game, great second game, and then people get upset about microtransactions and convince you that anything that has to do with Dead Space, and now we're going to take it to anything that has to do with EA, is thus bad. The game is shit, has nothing warrant, nothing to, to a value to it, and yada yada. And so it, like, it, it gives this horrible negative narrative that isn't true to the real experience of the of the fans of the franchise and so now the game can be released again and you know they can all sit on the sideline with all the other people who will never forgive hello games for how uh no man's sky launched and yada, yada yada and all the people that didn't get to play dead space or the people that love dead space and would love to jump back into that franchise will not all go on to continue to enjoy those games for what they were and all those people who still have their hate in the hearts, they can just sit on the sidelines bitching and getting looked over because you know what? Nobody makes games for you. They skip over you. They don't even like you. They don't hear you. They just tune you out. They got their community managers to block you, to mute you, to leave you on the sideline. And so, yeah, um, I think it's great. I'm looking forward to it. You know what? I might even play it just so I can be another person to say how great Dead Space is, Ado. I want to watch you play it. <laughs> I want to like be in the room, but not next to you. Like fly on the wall, kind of shit. Like I want, I want you to feel like I want to sit on the stairs, looking through the bars. Like I might, yeah, I might have to get that like that PlayStation camera for the PS5 for this yeah. one. <laughs> Just straight. Hey, up. that that might be the one that goes viral. Like people who hate horror games playing horror games. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. While eating a red pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Hot ones horror game edition. <laughs> that would be nuts. Yeah. Like it's it's just disappointing and really saddening to me that we're getting more dead space. And at the moment of its announcement, people are already working against its success based off their thoughts and opinions about situations and elements that they don't even fully understand. So it's like, at some point, when does EA get the chance to be the, the developer and the publisher that we want them to be? At what point do we observe their recent track record and see that they're moving in the direction that we want them to? And at what point do we get over all that old bullshit and move forward when does this happen because i mean dead space 3 came out in 2013 it is 2021 it's halfway through 2021 it's almost 2020 <laughs> <laughs> we're almost a decade removed from the end of dead space so we're getting a remake it's not going to have microtransactions much to the chagrin of the trolling public let's see what happens they're doing their best they even have like an old developer from visceral games as a consultant on the job they're doing their best to make this the best product it can be respawn did their best to make jedi fallen order the best product it can be and respawn's been on a tear recently with the surprise launch of apex legends that they're still supporting this day with the with the inclusion of the new character the seer and the emergence content that's coming uh, we got 
EA that's leaning more heavily into single player games now that they see that people will show up for them and that there's a viable business in making single player games. So things are turning around for the positive, both for EA as a publisher, as well as for the gaming public. So we need to embrace that, hold on to it and encourage it. We don't need to show up in comment sections and on message boards continuing to tear down developers and publishers for things that are ancient history now. I mean, I know it's living rent-free in some of you guys' minds, but at some point you got to evict and make room for newer, better tenants. So let's look forward and let's look forward to Dead Space Remake. Yes. Get your ass out of here. Troll of the week. 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 AMC got our next topic of the week. Oh, this is definitely a. All right. So, yeah, normally, you know, when it comes to, you know, sexual harassment, Oh, <laughs> uh, things that happen, you know, just bad office culture things. We usually, I usually gloss over these stories, um, typically because it's 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 in a civil suit situation. It's uh one person's claim against the company, and you know, it's uh you 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 go over these stories and you kind of you walk away from it like, and then what? <laughs> and that's like that's always like my issue with like covering certain stories because it's like hey this this company has a, a person there that did a thing and it's like and then so what do i do i not buy their games now like like and it's good to like uh, no. you, you spoiled my surprise yeah yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah we'll get there uh it, and so yeah like it's it's something that like i usually gloss over but this one is a little different and this being that because a state is deciding to uh, take action against a company. And so you then once have to take notice and two, it's kind of all the investigating has taken place. And so all their claims are pretty, uh, pretty damning. And so you kind of have <laughs> yeah. to take that into account. And, you know, with the question that I pose at the end of this, it'll kind of come back into, um, you know, our perspective with this whole situation. Uh, and so, the headline here being a dub California is suing Activision Blizzard. Damn. Um, and to be more specific, California Department of Fair Employment and Housing is suing Activision Blizzard. God damn. And so yeah, I didn't um I didn't take this story from you know the uh, like you know from Jason Schreier out over at Bloomberg because you know how he does it, how he does his thing. I actually just went to like NBC News, like that's an outlet. That's out- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um I went to an outlet that's outside of gaming so that I can just get more of the story and less of the uh you know the social justice. Mm-hmm. And so here we go. Here we go. And this is pretty bad, Nate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the state agency conducted a two-year investigation of the Santa Monica-based business, which has about 9,500 employees, and found Ooh. that the company consist- consistently discriminated against women who make up about 20% of its labor force. So that's... That's, that's one, almost 2,000 women. Yeah, yeah. And also just... You have nine thousand five. You have nine thousand five hundred employees, and only twenty percent of its labor force identifies women. So that's already a problem in itself. Let's keep mm-hmm. it going, Adub. Because there's way more women in the world than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's keep it going. Female employees receive lower starting pay and also oh. earn less than male employees for substantially oh. similar work. God the state damn. alleges in the complaint. 
That's the easiest thing to not do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's keep it going, A-Dub. Defendants promote women more slowly and terminate women more quickly than their male counterparts. Of course. Faced with such adverse terms and conditions of employment, many women have been forced to leave the company. Uh, and so there's a lot more, there a lot, uh, there's a lot more like individual stories. Um, I didn't want to get into those, um, but the inappropriate uh, jokes and the harassment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, just, just uh, the icing on the corporate level discrimination and harassment that these women are undergoing. Yeah, yeah, because you know, like that's that stuff is like a little more sensational, like sensationalized. And I will say this: like at any company, there's always going to be, you know, a department or at least just a few employees that just, you know, don't have their shit together. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's always going to be like a story here that that can kind of like, you know, paint a broad stroke as far as like, this is how everybody is. And it's like, well, yeah. it's not everybody. It's there's a couple of people and they do suck and they need to be dealt with. Um, but this one is completely just pointing to the fact that, you know, Activision, even if everybody there is not an asshole, the people who are making the decisions are assholes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just based on the fact of the pay and the quick terminations and all that shit. That's, uh, it's really wrong. And so, A-Dub, this is how I pose it to you because, uh, you know, you could just do the uh, the typical, like, you need to be better, Activision. This is bad. And, mm. you, know, you know, wag our finger at them. Yeah. So, I'll uh, take a step outside of that. And as the consumer, as, you know, as the gamer, how do you think this type of culture affects the type of games that, you know, are made or how does this, you know, affect the games that are produced when you have this type of culture behind the games? Well, it, it limits the amount of perspectives. It limit it limits the amount of input that you get from a team. It limits the kind of team structure that you can have, and it just limits the kind of voices that can contribute to the overall, just the overall message, spirit, and just, you know, the, the essence of the company as an entity. And it's it's messed up, like it's almost targeted in the way that it's laid out. In the lawsuit, I feel like, you know, it. It's, it's definitely something that needs to change. It needs to change as soon as humanly possible. I believe the CEO of Activision Blizzard put out a statement. I don't, I don't know if it was the CEO, maybe the president, but it was definitely somebody C-suite level. It was like, I, I failed the women. And I would agree with that. And that's a very, I imagine that's a very hard thing to say. That's a very hard responsibility to shoulder. It's definitely very necessary, but you know, having said it, now is the time to follow it with action and change. So insofar as how this affects the games, like look at something such as Overwatch, where you have a lot of female characters, you have LGBT characters, and there's a lot of of representation. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of representation. There's a lot of equality. There's an excellent spirit of gaming all over that game. I don't know how many women or trans were involved with the creation of Overwatch, but I know that at least in the final product that there was a lot of consideration put toward those demographics. That's awesome. So I feel like if they're creating an environment that is hostile or at least not tolerant to to women, it 
like we're gonna backslide to the Duke Nukem era at some point <laughs> because it, it's not because it, it's it's not like what you're left with if the women are all being pushed out is going to have the same concerns the same insight the same compassion and consideration for certain elements i mean there there's a story going around about a guy who worked at insomniac that had to stand up for the character design of Rivet, as we know it, in Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart, where it was himself, women, and trans developers in an argument with a bunch of men on the other side who wanted her to have some suggestion of breasts and wider hips, like just basically feminine characteristics. They wanted to sexualize the character in some way. And it, it turned into this thing where this guy identified what was going on and decided to be one of the men to step up you know the the lead writer is a woman the what is it the the technical developer the technical designer of the character and there were other like trans people involved with the creation of this character that we know her as today which shipped in the game which was successful very well received and it's like you got to stand up for the small stuff or else you're going to end up with a situation like a blizzard where Activision Blizzard, where women are being paid less, they're being promoted less, they're being let go of more. And then the work environment itself is, is hostile. It's like that, that stuff doesn't just start at a particular point. That stuff is the culmination of behaviors and actions and decisions that are allowed to slide without being challenged. So unfortunately it reached this level and now it, it's like it reached the point where it's past prevention and now you need surgery to remove the tumor. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, I, I really, I really want to see them turn around from this and I really want to see what the products will be like once they do, because I can, definitely tell you that with the way things are it will take away from the creativity and just the the i i kind of want to say the emotional intelligence that goes into the development of these products so get it together activism blizzard what yeah yeah i agree with you um i would i would say like it's it is important too because like a part of game outside of you know just the gameplay are the characters and something that we joked about with that um i can't even remember what it's called now but i think it was like a final fantasy game that they showed at uh might have been e3 or whatever uh and we saw the character and they had the black guy and he had the black voice <laughs> he just had final a fantasy 13 <laughs> Yeah, no, no, but it was like a it was a new game that they showcased where like the guy uh, kept like crushing souls or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember it. Oh, but... was it was it a chaos? Yeah, yeah, there you go, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, they had a black character, and he was just you know the utmost like stereotypical black character. And it's... they had a black caricature. Yeah, exactly. And so you you get this thing where if you don't, if you have the same people. At, at the creatives basically making these games you're going to get a lot of the same shit and that's if anything you could say if there's been a knock on activision is that they basically become the call of duty company 
and mm-hmm. you don't really see much else outside of that by um, design <laughs> yeah exactly and it might you could look at this situation and you could see like maybe that kind of contributes to like why you don't see much different coming from that company because there's not too many people with you know different ideas at least being allowed to fully express themselves or even if they're not being allowed to fully express themselves they're just they're being met with a bunch of people that they have to then convince that like hey step outside of yourself to maybe think that this might be a good idea and so you could see how it reflects in some of the decision making that that happens there and you know you just like look at certain things on paper and it's like yeah like women only make up 20 percent of their workforce like that's pretty insane like maybe there's not a ton of women so trying to women get are jobs. Being, women are being hired this. yeah or maybe or maybe because they're being offered lower starting salaries that they're just not taking those activision jobs yeah. And then it becomes this thing where it's, you know, uh, all right, we'll hire women, but we're going to make it horribly like, uh, you know, just horribly inappropriate. And we're going to make it a situation where they're not going to want to work here. And maybe it's not like something that's it's not uh, an active decision that's made, but it's by passively ignoring every complaint you're basically saying this is how we want our workplace to be. Um, And so, yeah, like it ends up creating a hostile environment where people just don't feel comfortable being able to express themselves. And I think it definitely shows in like some of the games. And that's not to say that the games that they make are bad. It's just in the, uh, the lack of variety in the types of games that they're putting out. And as you said, like when you get a certain situation where, I don't, I'm not sure what the creatives are behind it, but at least they're trying to do something different. You then get an Overwatch type of situation, which is absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, I it's pretty damning, a lot of the stuff that, like when I first saw this story, I didn't even want to touch it. I was just like, ah. And then yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read an article and just see what's going on. And as I read it, I was like, oh man, like this is just not good. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it deserves some light. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion with like the games media. Uh, I know like certain companies are like, um, obviously smaller companies, it seems like, but certain companies have come out and said like, we're just not going to even cover Activision uh, products until, you know, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, they basically said we're just not going to even discuss them. And so like games, games media is even trying to figure out how they're going to handle it. And, you know, um, I think we'll obviously take a different approach because we're super excited about Diablo 4. So I don't think we're going to ignore the existence of that game. Hmm. But you can also... Well, I refuse. Yeah. <laughs> but you can also acknowledge the, you know, the gray area of like, you know, the problems behind the company. Because here's the other part that, that came out of the story is it's not just Activision. All these... All these... I'm not saying all, but a lot of these companies have had issues and had like, you know discussions of you know a toxic workplace environment um this one being frat boy culture but there's been a lot of sexual harassment at other companies uh, on top of that you then discuss like um what is it like uh like overworking employees and things along those lines so there's just a lot of issues in the games industry and what's good about this is that as you see the industry of uh, evolve maybe it'll also have a little impact on the community if not, there'll just be certain people who are just upset with uh, the evolution. But I think as the industry evolves, it's also going to impact the product in a good way that gives us different stories, different narratives, and the same old good gameplay that we can expect. And I think this is just going to be something that improves the final product um, 
as we kind of navigate this crazy environment that is the the situation like when i'm reading this some of the stuff i'm like god we were in this is 2021 and we i'm still reading shit that i would assume would have been dealt with even a couple years ago when like you know me too was like starting to become like a you know a little more prominent and so yeah like that was the clarion call it's like hey you can't do this anymore (laughs) figure it out and And now you're like not only are you still doing it but it made the news that's on you activision blizzard yeah and this is like outside of you know just like video gaming but I've always kind of had like, I remember I worked at a company where they don't do this at the company I work at now, but an old company I worked at, I would get my raise and they would tell me, you can't tell anybody else your raise. You <laughs> and, and then like, yeah. And then I'd leave and everybody would be like, Oh, what raises they give you? Yada, yada, yada. Um, and so like, it, it, it was always kind of a weird thing that like companies are like, you can't discuss your salary. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, like it, it doesn't why am I s- keeping secrets? Yeah. Like, also, my it's like, coworkers. And like, why am I helping you out? <laughs> like, yeah. like, like that's, that's the part like where it's like, what do you like, like, w- like we only lose and you only gain from this. So there's no yeah. reason why I wouldn't share my salary with another coworker. We don't uh, want them demanding more or <laughs> a fair, a fair way. <laughs> yeah demanding the minimum that they deserve yeah and we're not paying yeah exactly and it's and especially because like then once you do the like when you start to really do the math it's like oh it has to do with the fact that i'm a certain skin tone or i'm a certain gender is why i'm getting paid less has nothing to do with like uh my actual resume it's all about just my physical appearance (laughs) and so that's that's even worse and so Yeah. yeah like it's it's good that uh california did their investigation and um, the people who are going to boohoo this, um, read the stories and, you know, stop trying to deny the reality of the situation. Know what you boohoo and quit trying to take up for toxicity. And just to reflect on something that you mentioned, which I, which I think connects to my, my statement about how forcing the women out leaves this cult, like, leaves a dearth of emotional intelligence and perspective and creativity just because you don't have a wide enough array of different people contributing ideas. When you brought up the Final Fantasy game with the stereotypically Black representation, it's like not to, not to throw any shade or to downtalk Japanese developers, but at Japanese developers, most of the people probably Japanese. And they're going to have they're going to have a pretty similar idea of the world and the people that inhabit it. So even there, you're not really getting a wide range of creativity and new ideas. And that's why you end up with, yeah, I'm the black guy. Like, <laughs> that's why you get that. That's why you get sauce with that afro and a bird in it. <laughs> Uh, that's why that's why you get a plethora of games across developers across publishers from that specific region that carry virtually all of the same cultural and character driven all the same cultural tropes all the same character driven archetypes Oh, this is the whiny character. This is the unconfident character. This is the upbeat, happy character. This is the stoic, silent type character. And, you know, just the same kind of stories, the same kind of progression, the same kind of pacing. That's 
like I said, it's not to it's not to tear down or take away from Japanese development. I absolutely love Japanese games. I absolutely love Japanese developers. I absolutely love Japanese culture. I love Japan. I plan to go back. But it's an example of how things, no matter how different or how diverse they are, can still fit within a nice, neat little box if they come from the same region with the same kind of people giving the same ideas from their same perspectives. You want different perspectives. You want women in there. You want trans people in there. You want people from all around the world contributing to your product and also telling you, like also checking you along the way. Just like, hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Hey, you can probably do that a little better. Hey, you're not doing that good enough. Like just, you need people to give you those checks and you should also create a work environment where they don't feel threatened or imperiled by the idea of stepping up and challenging an idea. And I would say also too, like kind of like to build on your point is the people view like, you know, that representation, like those comments as taking away, but you also like overlook the fact that there's, they're also contributing. So it's not necessarily that they're just looking at their white male employees and it's like, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. You, you got to make those titties smaller. You can't do that. Like yeah, yeah. everything you want, we yeah. ain't doing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, there's also hey, if you did this, it'll flesh out this character that much more. If you did this, this character will like this, this character will appeal to this many more people, which will then bring in that many more dollars. This thing will only help benefit the company. So it's not necessarily always, we want to take away things. It's we want to contribute ideas that will then expand beyond what we've been getting we will we'll add a little spice on that on that chicken seasoning you've been giving us some some bland boiled chicken i'm gonna throw some spice on it i'm gonna, I'm gonna, throw, some, I'm gonna throw some cumin in that shit. i'm gonna throw some barbecue sauce on that shit spice that shit up and so like it's, i'm gonna put a bay leaf in that stew <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly my well, don't know about that bay leaf no, 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 no. <laughs> And so yeah, it's uh it's not always a subtra- a subtraction. There's a lot of times there's a lot of additions that if you allow them to, they can contribute that can then just make that that picture a lot more beautiful than what it's been. And so yeah, that's you said it's what makes Japanese games work is because when you play it, it's like this is some Japanese shit. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's very unique to that culture, and that's absolutely awesome. Uh, but we live in a melting pot, and so we should operate within that melting pot because that is our strength. And so once you work against that strength, you're only doing a disservice to, to like our body. And that's, and I feel like that is something that like, if they take that into account, it will only bring in more dollars, which is the bottom line, I would say. Yeah. And like, again, to go back to the Japanese thing, it's, they make outstanding games. They make a lot of different diverse games. But if you play enough Japanese games, you're going to see a lot of overlap, a lot of similarities. Like, how many, how many Japanese games from different developers and different publishers have characters with German names? Or how many, like, it's, it's all the schoolgirl culture walking around Tokyo. 
and <laughs> those character those character archetypes and just yeah. the the kinds of stories they tell the way the stories progress like it's 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 just so japanese and that's awesome because where else are you going to get japanese games but at the same token i think even i think even more inclusivity and and what is that diversity can benefit a developer as much as it can develop an entire region. So I feel like, again, not to call out Japan or put Japan on the spot, but I feel like they could also benefit from including more people from diverse backgrounds and you know nationalities to help make their games and make them, give them a little more flavor and spice. But we'll see how that goes. We need to focus on our own problems first and Activision Blizzard Get that shit together. Get your shit together. Uh, do you have anything else? Do you have any uh, other stories, Ado? That was my final story. Quick hits. Oh, yes. Let's do it. Respawn's developing a brand new single player adventure in a unique universe. Mm-hmm. To be more specific, this new single player title is a designer's dream playground with a freedom to innovate made possible by the unique universe it inhabits. So, uh, there's a combat designer that they're recruiting for, and they're going to be working on aspects such as AI creation, weapons, abilities, player motion model, combat encounters, and progression. <laughs> so uh, they're also de- they're also described as extending beyond the discrete fight to include how you approach it, initiate it, and how you recover, regroup, and grow through progression after. So we're looking at something that at least has some progression-oriented elements. It might be an RPG, might not be. <laughs> we'll see. AMC, you got a quick hit? Uh, I mean, we can quickly discuss. I don't, but we can quickly discuss that trailer uh, for Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, yeah, the, the, <laughs> that icky story. Uh, what Ooh. did you? What did you? What did you think when you saw that? Um, I'm kind of excited. Like it's. I'm less excited for this actual content than I'm just over the moon for the fact that we've not only have we been begging for an open world samurai game for so long, but when we finally get it, it is even more incredible than anything we could have possibly wanted. And it just, now we're getting more content and it's just digging into that world. It's just so great with just, the, the cinematic presentation, the, the fidelity, the colors, it's, it's unbelievable. And it, it's, it's somewhat vindicating to have Ghost of Tsushima exist, be well-received despite people trying to write it off before it came out and to be successful in the way that it is, because it's just like, we told you, this is the game that y'all should have made. So, yeah, it's awesome. I love what the trailer is depicting. It looks like you're you're going into a region where samurais don't normally go. You're going to be fighting people who look like Japanese druids. So I don't know. I saw I saw a sword clashing with a wooden scepter. So we'll see what's going <laughs> How did you feel? Yeah, uh, same. I was like, when this um, it just takes me back to Ghost of Tsushima. Like a lot of it, like felt familiar, but then completely new ser- char- uh, new setting. Um, I like the new characters. So one thing that Ghost of Tsushima did really well was develop their side characters, and 
um, you see some familiar faces and what, what seems to be a new enemy, which looked, um, I, I'm assuming she looked pretty badass. Um, so it'll be fun to just, you know, come across a, a different enemy other than the, um, you know, that Mongol dude and, you know, what happens at the end of that game. Um, I am interested to see also the new the new uh, costumes because that's what Constitution uh, did really well is just having a variety of costumes that were all awesome in their own way, and um, I want to see if they bring back you know that final costume from the uh, the end of the game. I guess you you could just carry that over into the expansion, mm-hmm. but like that that like Shoot Batman, ghost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly the ghost. I want to see that shit, but um. Yeah, it's it looks awesome. Um, I can't wait to see like more details on that content, but it looks like it's gonna be a, a fun expansion to what was already a great game. I'm running through in my Ronin kimono with one of my poetry, one of my haiku headbands. Yes, <laughs> which is also an excellent name for a company. So, haiku headband. Yep. <laughs> got, my, got my haiku. <laughs> got my number one haiku headband. Get yeah, so Sushma, super pumped. Anything to add on that? Uh, no. You got any other quick hits? Quick hits. If you happen to be one of the owners of a PlayStation 5, you might be interested to know that PS5 owners get six months of Apple TV Plus for free. Mm-hmm. You can activate the deal between now and July 2022 to get on it. I'm probably going to get on it because Apple TV definitely has some original franchises that I've been eyeing for quite a while little upset that they were on apple tv plus and nobody i know has it so yeah that six months will be put to great use to binge watch as much of that content as humanly possible before i cancel it no 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 disrespect to apple and you know making the wonderful content that they do putting out the excellent products that they manufacture but i i can't add another subscription service yeah um from what I hear in that show, Ted Lasso is supposed to be absolutely amazing. So I'll probably be checking that out. And Dickinson. Yeah, Dickinson. And that show with uh, Jason Momoa. <laughs> yeah, I got to see that. Isn't that sci fi? Uh, he looks like kind of like a, a barbarian style dude. There might be some sci fi aspects to it. Who knows? I think Jason Momoa just is a barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> they keep putting him in barbarian shit. He's what? He, he was in Game of Thrones. He's in, uh, he was in Stargate SG-1 playing a space barbarian. He's pretty much a barbarian god as uh, Aquaman. Yeah, as Aquaman. <laughs> with, his, with his trident. Yeah, dressed like a bat. I could dig it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mercy. Well, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, people are always talking about where's the value with PlayStation. Here, here's some value for that. Six months out of TV. <laughs> and it's like it's not like you're just restricted to watching it on your PlayStation Five. It's it's Apple TV Plus for six months. You can watch mm-hmm. it on all your devices. You know? So exactly. do you? And I get you with my last quick hit, real quick hit. Horizon Zero Dawn's A boy is heading to Genshin Impact. <laughs> so basically, Aloy is coming to the world of Tevat. Gorilla and Mihoyo are proud to announce that everyone's favorite machine hunter would join the Genshin Impact roster for a limited time. More info soon. Ooh, I'm loving this artwork. Can't wait for Forbidden West. This will this will probably be a nice little little means to tide yourself over as you endure the wait. Or the possible delay, who knows? But 
I mean, it, it definitely has me on the fence of downloading and actually playing Genshin Impact. I downloaded it and then I deleted it because I just couldn't do that to myself. But I don't know, man. Just say, Lori, I gotta, I gotta support my girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least hop in it, play with nah, her for a little bit. Nah, fuck that. I'm gonna get back. <laughs> I'm gonna get back on Division Two. I like playing a little bit of Forza Horizon Four as I await these last four excruciating months, three and a half, really, for Forza Horizon 5, which I will be getting day one. Should also note, Death's Door has been out since July 20th. It got a 9 out of 10 from IGN. I already knew it was going to be a winner for me personally from the moment I saw it. However, I'm glad that it seems to have a broader appeal, or at the very least, it seems to be a very well-made game. So, if you're into isometric, you know, roguelike type of experiences, I don't even know if it's a roguelike. I think it's been described more of as a Zelda-esque experience with puzzle solving and such. You might want to check out Dev's Store. Last time I checked it out, it was on sale on the Microsoft Store, uh, down to like $17. So it's MSRP is 20. If you want to save the little three bucks, go get yourself a scone. You might want to jump on that. Nice. MC, you got anything? No, I have nothing else. You have any final words, there, Dub? I ain't got no final words. <laughs> this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is a.